0: To the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API.
1: Now from the Nowcast Network Studios,
2: here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the guys. Over here on my right, we've got Mr. Bobby Osinski. Bobby!
3: Hey man, I'm just digging this music.
2: I'm just popping to it. Hey, Mike. Hi, guys. <laughs> Next to him, we've got the one and only Scott Gershon.
1: Hello, Mike.
2: <laughs> was that better? <laughs> I, I think last time I was high, Mike. You know? That was better. And across the table, we've got back with us, I can't believe it, Mr. Nick Beck.
4: Well, I'm going to have to really wind up to beat Scott's there. So here we go. Mike! <laughs> How are you? Hello, gentlemen. Oh. So good to be back. Oh, Nick. So good to be missed back. Missed you.
2: And <laughs> finally, over here on my left, we've got the one and only Iron Man of the Audio Now cast. This is show 172, Mr. Rob Arbiter. Guten Abend, Herr Michael. Wie geht <laughs> Wie geht I, I think you've been doing a little too much travel. <laughs> yeah, though. maybe so.
0: Good to see you. What, good to see you. What, uh, what show is this now that I have not missed? This is show 172.
2: <laughs> Woo! Wow. 172. That's it's, amazing. It's getting there. and In April, we're going to be 10 years. Can you believe that? Holy wow. smokes. I remember it. That's right. <laughs> Get off my lawn, you
4: meddlesome kid. Uh,
2: anyhow, uh, this is going to be a really fun show. This is kind of the show that changed what it was supposed to be three times. And, of course, we changed the date three times, too. Originally, Keep them guessing. Originally, Michael um, Beinhorn was going to be back with us, but he we pushed it so he's no longer available until like – April actually, but he said he wants to come back and that's awesome because I want to talk about his book some more. And Then uh, we had some other people coming in and it just, just zig and zag and zig and zag and finally we were here. So a lot of topics that I want to talk about were things that Kind of combined from other shows, but it's going to be pretty good because there's some fun stuff. But I want to open it up right now, um, right off the top, by revisiting um, Rob's favorite topic, and that's uh, iPads and music. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: I live with them every day.
2: So uh, I recently picked up an iPad Pro. And let me just tell you, for music making, it is really awesome. It's the big screen. um, It has – really great speakers that you don't necessarily always have to have it plugged in to either your uh, your monitors or a headset. Um, it's a lot of volume, a lot of oomph, a lot of processing power. Um, but you know, I'm kind of a little bummed <laughs> and I'll tell you why, because – when I had the, you know, when I was working on an iPad, you know, the Air or 2 and you have these little programs and, and you're using some of the DAWs that are out there, you, you realize the limitations and you're like, okay, I, I it shouldn't do that because it's, you know, it's a little iPad. But as you start getting into bigger real estate, and bigger screens and more power, supposedly, and you bigger start. Bigger expense. Right. And you start working with these same programs that are trying to pull themselves off as DAWs and stuff like that, you really realize that, look, you can have a screen this big. You might as well do a lot of this stuff on a freaking laptop because it's going to be faster and easier and more powerful. And this is me saying this. And I've been the biggest iPad wow. evangelist around, but I, I, and I don't want to call out any particular, um, DAW, but I tried doing a serious mix on one of them and it was just, it was just an exercise in futility compared to what I can do uh, on a laptop. Now, look, if you don't have that laptop, if you don't have that luxury of another system, you can do some pretty dang amazing things on this. I mean even GarageBand has has got to a point where it's pretty usable if you're going to be doing some writing and things like that. Um, I was amazed at, at how it's evolved because I haven't looked at Garage. Banned forever. And then I started looking at it, and you see the loop-based stuff and the grid-based stuff, and you can go to the traditional. And the fact that it supports audio units—I don't know if you guys know that audio units are now on an iPad, which means you no longer have to use inner-app audio. You can just open the audio unit, much like a laptop, w- right into the program, and you can control it. And it—it it works like a plugin. I think that's brilliant, and I think we're going to see bigger and better things. down. But having said that, <laughs> it's still frustrating. It's it's still well, frustrating on some on certain things.
0: And I will make a confession here that I actually bought an iPad Pro also. <laughs>
2: uh, and,
0: no, I didn't actually.
2: And he bought it first. It's, he was the first one. Yeah, but I couldn't. Pro.
0: I couldn't admit that. <laughs> but I didn't buy it uh, specifically for music. But uh, <coughs> excuse me, I have played with some of the music apps on it. But the main thing is, as the screen starts to get that big. To carry it around like a tablet, it really feels like a giant chunk to carry around. I will say, the keyboard, I got the keyboard and pen also, like you did. And the key, they're both actually excellent. The keyboard and pen are both really, really good. But like for me, I wanted to be able to use it in portrait instead of landscape, and the keyboard case doesn't allow that. Right. And there's some, some immediate shortcomings. And when you carry it around, it is big, it is just like carrying around a laptop.
2: Yeah, it's um, heavier it actually than some. I mean, when you put I I mean, mean, isn't isn't it in, pretty generally? much a laptop with just the screen it's, and everything built in. Or?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's cool. You know, sometimes iOS is cooler to run than a regular operating right. system, but um, I don't know. For as expensive as it is and as kind of big and heavy to carry around as it is, I don't know. If, I bought it because I specifically needed to test some software, but. I don't know. I I I haven't seen a ton of people with them. You're actually the first friend I know who has one.
4: Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's pushing up towards you know something like a a MacBook Air, right? Which is I think it uh, can well, even f- cost more.
2: One. Yeah, a, a, you can buy a MacBook Air actually f- cheaper than you can buy a a, 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 really? a loaded. Oh, is, that the, is that the Pro? A loaded, yeah, a loaded Pro. But here's the thing about it is when these devices. You know, even though this is an iPad and this isn't a laptop, you you look at what you're carrying around. You look at what your personal investment is going to be in your device, right? How much weight is it going to be? How how can I use it? Don't get me wrong. I love the iPad Pro. I, I mean, the the drawing and the painting and the photo editing and all the creative stuff that I like to do, even the video and 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 even making animation with some of these animate animation programs. All that stuff is phenomenal. But when it comes to making music uh, as a DAW, it, it's it's not quite there because of the of the way. For instance, I'll give you an example. Just um, arranging your tracks, you know how fast you can do that in Pro Tools. If you want to group things together, move it up and down and stuff like that, and you're flying. And sometimes you want all your guitars over here and all your drums here and all that. I imported a session that came from Pro Tools. Imported it. It was a little clumsy. You have to go to Dropbox and Dropbox into it. But once it got in there, great. Everything goes in. But now you have to arrange the tracks. Now I'm having my little finger and I'm having to move tracks around and it's not fast and snappy and, and I really
0: miss not having a mouse. I mean I, I found myself constantly reaching for the mouse because a touch screen is never where your hand right. naturally wants to go. After a while, it starts to mess with your back and right. your shoulders and – other things especially if it's part of a big setup. I mean, if you have the iPad right under your hand and you're not dealing with any other equipment that's fine. No. But I I find myself still reaching for the mouse even though I've been using it for a while.
2: Now, having said that, there's some programs that are brilliant. Like I li- I like using Spanner control on this because it's so big and you can finesse your moves so well on this. It's really it's awesome. Spanner control is great. Any and actually any of my synth stuff and and I've bought some just amazing programs lately that sounds so good and so great for writing that all that stuff is cool, but I feel like I'm going to be using all this stuff and then exporting it into mm-hmm. like a quote unquote real yeah. system to do your, your real mixing and to do your real editing I, it, until I can, it can be as snappy as what you can do on a, on a PC or a Mac. I, I just think, you know, I was all gun ho, you know, when you keep it in perspective, when you have this little thing and it's this tablet, but look, now you're you're requiring me, and it's it's coming just as big as a laptop, just as big as a as a Mac. And it Care. doesn't
4: have a USB port and an Ethernet port and any other kind of expansion like that. You know, the thing that I find ultimately, after having worked with iOS now for many years. Um, Steve Jobs' brilliant idea also limited the whole system. So by making sure that the sandbox itself, you know, had a really strong border around it, right, so that it would be impossible for viruses to be able to get in and impossible for people to be able to do all sorts of stuff that they can do on computers, um, it's a double-edged sword because that also has caused an incredible amount of clunkiness and problems with input and output. I right. want to be able to, you know, I was just just this morning, I needed to put some ear training Sounds onto my daughter's laptop or on her onto her iPad for her piano lesson, and I was running around and I was going, oh my god, I don't have a clean, easy way to do this. What is the best? Do I plug it into my you know into my laptop and then do it on you know iTunes? IOS, you know. I ended up doing that. It wasn't working. I ended up messaging her the little mp3 files that she needed. Oh. And I said, this is ridiculous. Yeah. This should just be showing up as an icon on my desktop so I can drag files in and out. And it still doesn't do that.
2: No, there's, there's definitely limitation on that. Now, having said that, I felt like I just spent the last, you know, 10 minutes ripping it down. Let me tell you some of the beautiful things about the iPad is the price. I mean, the price of your software is really reasonable. Even your plugins, like I have Aria Pro and I bought the FabFilter stuff and you're spending, you know, 40 bucks for one plugin and 30 bucks for 40 bucks for their multiband compressor and and it was 30 bucks for their uh their EQ. And these are the same plugins that I use on my big system and they work the same way and and I was like, and actually Sometimes they work a little better because you have the touchscreen because getting your EQ and you can just go over there and create a little node and then move it up and down. That is really kind of brilliant. That's like, OK, this works really, really well for, for that. So there's some pros and cons on this whole iPad thing and, and how you're going to use it in your workflow. But I just don't think – like I'm not giving up my – my laptop anytime soon. You know, I may use it on a one-off. If I'm even even then, I've got a session in here that's maybe forty-six, maybe forty-seven tracks big. So is that as same size as that? This is not. This is actually smaller. But look, it's it's not a whole heck of a lot of smaller. Where we're comparing the, guess, the, the 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 MacBook. We're comparing the iPad Pro right now to my MacBook, um, 15 Retina. Um, yeah, it's so it's a tiny bit, small. it's it's so a
4: tiny small. bit smaller. So uh, here's my 15-inch MacBook Air. You mean your 13-inch. Excuse me. 13 yeah. It's they're the same, same size. size. They're,
2: they're getting I'm pretty close.
4: I'm curious to see about the same weight.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, getting, it's getting
1: close. And, and, and have you put a Bluetooth, uh, Bluetooth keyboard against it and can it pretty much act?
0: Well, no. You use the, the Apple keyboard has a sep, uh, connector that doesn't need Bluetooth. And it powers the keyboard from the iPad. Yeah. but or, you can only use it in landscape.
2: And you can also use the. You can ask so use, use Word and Excel. Is, is that the keyboard case? No, this is another case. You can oh. you can use the Apple keyboard, the little aluminum one. Um, you can use that. It, it all the Apple products um, sync up to it flawlessly. It's pretty quick and easy to do. Um, that might be a way to go if you want to go in portrait too. But it is it,
0: actually. I just found at Staples they had a portrait tablet holder for desktops. Yeah. That. that
2: but having said that, it's just a matter of like, okay, now they want to play with the big boys. Now I'm going to judge them on the big boys. And like I said, I had a session, 46 tracks. I was running one instance of the Fab Filter multi compressor, and I was running one instance of their EQ and some of the internal, um, some of their uh, effects that on are. An and, iPad? and yeah, it was it's brilliant and. But the problem is, is I was running out of CPU that quick. And, and I'm like, storage, I mean, what do you, you – know. 128, and I have an external 128-gig um, uh, USB key that will plug straight into my Lightning, and it'll. I can transfer files in and out of that, certain files in and out, so it can work.
3: Has anybody checked out the
2: Pro Tools
1: dock? That's what I was going to say. I – I not saw, for that. That's too big. Actually,
2: no. And you know what? It will work for this, and that's will. why I bought this because the dock. It will work with the dock in, um in portrait mode. And I was talking with the guys over at the Nam Show, and they go, "Yeah, the plan is is since it connects through um, Wi-Fi, it doesn't connect um, with a cable. You can just put it in, in and but not landscape, and
1: the, portrait. Yes, landscape. No.
2: Yes, portrait. Yes, landscape. Well, it won't fit in the dock with uh, as uh, landscape, but it'll fit in it portrait, which actually might be better if it yeah, fills yeah, it the whole be. thing
1: in. That that actually looks nice, I gotta say.
2: No, the dock is yeah. I, it was it was it was pretty cool and yeah. I'm kinda of looking I, mean, forward I played to that. with it
1: at the NAM show and I was very impressed. Yeah. Um by a lot of the stuff that you could do and I think having I have an S three and it takes the S three to a whole nother level. I mean it Yeah? It, really? it starts yeah. I mean it it it's similar to having a little bit of what you would have in an S6, not the metering, but other things. I,
0: and I, I will also say, just for a slight nerd moment, for anybody interested, the the resolution of the iPad Pro versus the iPad is the iPad Pro in portrait is the same width as a regular iPad in landscape, pixel wise. So that's how much more real estate you're getting. Wow,
2: it's it's pretty amazing. And and I will say, anything image based, it's it's great. And also, is it Retina? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's
4: beautiful screen. It's,
2: it's their most high dense um,
4: screen. How but, much RAM does it have? It must be an enormous amount of. If it has, they never go.
2: they
0: never tell you. Yeah. It's one of the weird things about Apple. Yeah. But um,
4: but
2: all that to say is is as we start you start using your tablets more and more. If if you're going that route, if you want to forego your computer just know you're going to be making some trade-offs, you know, and there's some good things and some negative things. But I, I will tell you that <laughs>
3: – I, I can't believe Mike is, I, is saying so that. Happy.
2: Yes, <laughs> after all this – No, no. Look, look. look I, one so of you don't things- want that 32-inch that you just slant down and <laughs> – You just – you people have to evolve. I'm into evolving. My, I, my opinion can change as I use things. And look, I tell you, the stuff that you can do on a little – iPad Air, you know the Air two, phenomenal. I mean, have you seen the guys? But you go up to the well. You go up to the to the uh, pro though. When you're going up to the pro and you're talking money wise and you're talking real estate and just invading your life, I'm going to judge it on a whole different level because now you're you're hitting me straight on, right? You're 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 in my bag at the airport. You're taking up more weight. (laughs) You know, you're taking up more space. Also,
0: if you get if you get the iPad pro and you get the keyboard case and the pen and you get it with the maximum memory and four G Yeah, it's way more expensive than a laptop. Oh, yeah. So it has to compare at least close to Yeah, game. And
2: it does, you know what? It does stuff really good. I, I'm not, it's not a bash on, on the unit itself. Cause there's stuff I can do on this, especially with the pen and on my artistic side that I, I just, I'm in heaven. It's like, Holy smokes. This is just amazing. Uh, but on uh, music and even music, It really is, is, you know, with all the inter-app audio, things like that, Cubases runs really great. I mean, Cubases, even though it's not, um, iPad Pro, the graphics aren't iPad Pro yet, so everything is kind of big, it still, it runs really good. And that, and I'll tell you, audio units is going to be, if you're out there and you're a developer, you're looking for something to do, develop audio units for, for iOS, because that's just going to be huge, because it, it works really well, and, just the fact you don't have to use inter-app audio, or you don't have to use audio bus or anything like that. It just works inside of it. It's just brilliant. But I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about that because a, I knew I would blow some people away <laughs> with <laughs> with my opinion. But I don't think it's it's a bash as much as it's a challenge. You know, for your developers out there, you know, get your get your stuff. You know, if if you're going to compete with with my laptop. Side by side, I want that experience to be – it doesn't have to be the same experience, but it better be as workable as the laptop, right? So I, I don't care that I don't, I don't have to do things the same. I just want to be able to do it as fast and as flawless as I can do on my laptop. And, and I think once you get to that point, then I'm going to be like, yeah, this is, this is here.
0: And remember our friends uh, up at iConnectivity who have uh, the awesome interfaces for the iPad? Yeah. Because that's still some of the coolest stuff ever. The fact that you can hook a cable between your iPad and your Mac uh, laptop and actually have audio buses between them and MIDI buses. It's pretty amazing.
1: No, that's really cool. So you you can take an iPad. Can you use the iPad as a second monitor?
0: Yeah, I do that a lot, running uh, air display. No, that's cool. That's actually what I find myself using the iPad... Pro for the most, because in my travel bag, where I carry so much hardware with me, I always wished I could have a second monitor. And for a while, I had it where I could put a a MacBook Pro on its side so it would be vertical, because I like having a portrait monitor. And can you Uh, use it as
2: a third monitor? In other words, use a keyboard...
0: A yeah, you can use multiples line. of them. As far as I yeah. know, you can oh. use a lot of them.
2: You use Duet. I use Duet, and Duet's great as a second monitor. As a So when you mouse over, this is fascinating. So when you mouse yeah, over. it's just like plugging in a second screen. Yep.
0: Wow. Now that's cool. And no, it's resp- and with you know, the latest design. version of Air Display, you can even do it over USB cable. So yeah. it doesn't have to be over
2: and the USB cable is actually faster because you don't yeah. have to worry about any lag. Because some of the, there's mm, a couple like that. wireless That's things out there cool. that are, a, there's a little laggy, but you go hardwire with like Duet or Air Display, it's, fast.
0: So, I mean, look at it this way. Tonight, I'm going to be on a plane. Actually, the flight got delayed. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to be on a plane. (laughs) And as long as I have an open seat next to me, which it looks like I do right now, I will have my MacBook Pro on my tray table, and then I'll have the iPad Pro on a little portrait stand with a little USB cable hooked to it, and it'll be my second screen. On a plane. uh, That's pretty awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it's really pretty cool.
2: And I'll tell you, the best thing about the whole thing is when you use when you play Hearthstone on the iPad Pro, it just it just looks gorgeous. <laughs> All right, I nerded out for a little bit. Um, it's a mighty fine game, Turner. nerd out, over, I must say. <laughs> as long as you don't spend money on the packs of no, cards, no, no, no. That's ridiculous. Oh,
0: heaven forbid.
2: <laughs> All right, well, we're going to get off that, and'll uh, we'll, we'll see what happens um, as things go on and development. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing where they take it, but I look at this as a starting point, more so than an end. I think it's a place where all these developers are going to start. Now, impress me. show me you know what you can do. Do we know how it's selling? I, I seriously don't know anybody else who has one. I don't know. I well, I'll tell you. I work in a creative environment where we have visual guys, and I know a couple creative directors that have them. They are, and they really like it because they can go, like, let's say they're scouting um, location, and they'll take a picture, and then right on that picture, you'll they'll use the pen and make all their notes about what they want to do and oh, how that's they want to cool. set up and stuff like that. And then they'll it
0: look. is the world's most awkward camera, by the way, if oh. you hold it up to take a picture. I, I don't
2: think I've ever used the camera. For it's a like picture. holding up
0: a dinner plate or something. It's kind of silly. <laughs>
1: It is, though. It is. I can, I can only imagine. I've seen that at kids' events. It used to be like, here's a camera, here's a phone, and now I'm seeing people. Yeah, right, yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, they're holding it up, and, and you could see what everyone's taking a oh, Yeah, of, right? right. 'Cause Well,
0: isn't that a Louis C.K. line? A concert now is something you experience? On the screen of the phone of the person in front of you, <laughs> I think so.
2: Especially when they frame things badly, you're like, "No, no, yeah. don't put her head there." No, but um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with with this. I, I enjoy it, but we'll we'll see where it where it comes down the pipe. Hey, uh, next thing I want to talk about is uh, is really quick. I want to talk about a couple plugins that that I got. I bought the. Uh, I bought. Um, are you guys familiar with Output? The the company yeah the, that reverse.
0: from uh, familiar with the concept of output
2: output is a – they then make that reverse plugin exactly they have rev um, well I got um, I got their whole suite because I went on a I went on a gear buying fest <laughs> a uh, there's
4: something new
2: <laughs> hey I've been really good you know it's usually I usually do this after I get paid from a gig <laughs> now, then I'm allowed to go spend some money anyhow all that to say is. Um, uh, if you want some amazing products that are just thought a little differently, go to Output and take a look at their product line. What about Heavy City? Sig- yeah, I mean the thing about this is they have XL and they have Signal and then they have um, Rev and they have X Loops from Revs. First of all, they're made for the contact player. Second of all, sound-wise, they just sound great, you know. And 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 for instance, XL is a, is Vocal engine and has a lot of uh, vocal samples and things like that. There's a lot of emotional vocal samples, which is really rare. You'll get sometimes, you know, everybody kind of can do the chanting and the 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 um, choir stuff, and you hear sometimes the Celtic stuff. And this stuff is just a modern spin. It sounds like someone updated a, uh, a fair Fairlight and did some really interesting things. That's cool. Anyhow, I wanted to give them a plug because their stuff signal is was good. I thought I was gonna, but no well, endorsements, right? No, and, (laughs) no, no endorser. I bought all these things. And then, and then Rev, I think is really brilliant because of the concept of it. They take all these sounds and they reverse them and they create these instruments. Um, and it's really phenomenal. And so I I just wanted to give them a a plug and just let you guys know that they're pretty awesome stuff. So if you haven't checked, checked them out, I would check them out, you know, and, um, and I don't know. You guys have any plugins? anybody bought anything? Yeah. Any plugins recently? That yeah. Scott
4: just mentioned it. Heaviosity. Uh Native yeah. Instruments had a deal—a fifty percent off deal—and so I took that opportunity to buy Damage and their ethnic drum ensembles to yeah. sort of um, add some more flavors to my percussion library. And you know, yeah, the other stuff is great. Their stuff is just great. Jerry,
3: Joey Sturgis, JST, Joey Sturgis Technologies, JST limiter, which is pretty cool. It it really sounds great on just about everything I've tried it on. Really? Yeah. Adds weight to a kick drum that just by putting it on. Wow. Cool.
2: It's not that expensive either. No. None of this stuff is that expensive.
3: No. It was surprising.
2: I'm just I've just I've never heard of this. Yeah. So so
1: I have a question for you Bobby. Um have, what's your experience with trash cans? None. Then never mind.
4: <laughs> Nick, uh, I've got <clears throat> I've got one. Several guys of mine at Disney have them.
1: How have they been um, working? <laughs> uh, the reliability, I, you know, no, I've heard I've heard many different things. Um, I know some guys have old twelve cores. Some guys have trash cans.
4: They have been working okay. There was one issue that came up on a twenty-seven inch. Mac monitor that wasn't working properly. It was intermittently failing uh, with the trash can, and it turned out that the monitor itself needed a firmware upgrade to be able to speak correctly with it. Um, They've been fine. I don't think... You know, going from a you know a large silver Mac Pro to a trash can Macintosh, it didn't really seem to me that you know there was that much. There wasn't a night and day difference in terms of performance or anything. I mean, I was still able to do everything that I did previously. Um I just a- now you, didn't have any PCI slots or abilities to put you know hard drives in or anything like that.
1: You, and you're doing Yosemite, El Capitan. Maverick? Working.
4: I'm working in Yosemite, and in fact. I had a Disney IT guy come fix some stuff today, and I said, should I change over to El Capitan? And he said, absolutely not. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if everything is working with all of these audio programs that you have on there, you know, don't change to El Capitan unless you need to.
2: We are in hell in Martin studio with a trash can um, running uh, Thunderbolt, um, Pro Tools, and uh, – El
4: Capitan? And, no,
2: Yosemite. Yosemite on uh, – on twelve four, we upgraded to, to get try to get some stability. That's, I'm using twelve four um, at work. I on 12, a, three, um,
1: one is pretty good. Yeah,
2: twelve four has actually been really good. I think on a on bug, though, I heard, but maybe not with music. I think maybe with video. Could be. I mean, we're having some we're having problems, like really bad problems, like. Like Pro Tools, here's the thing, if Pro Tools quits on me and it gives me an error message, that's something I can work with, right? Because I can, I can see what the error message is and then you can work it out. So, but it, when Pro Tools quits or the computer freezes and there is no error, it just stops. Yeah. Those, I hate those. Those are the kind where you're like, I don't know. It could be your USB and bus. does it happen it often? Yeah, it, it's right now. I, yeah, I literally got a I, – today I got an email and he says it's not even booting right. It's not even letting him run. Oh, right you right.
3: know why? I know why. Why? It's a subscription. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Whoa, Bobby. That's, that was pretty good, Bobby. That was
1: good. <laughs> but the reason is I got to buy a trash can. And I'm trying to figure out like dum dum dum. It's I've heard fine. some people go, so some we're people great. Yeah,
2: I and, wish I knew those people. And then the question: is, So, which video card are you using? No, you use the video card that they have. No, I know. It? it's
1: D300, D500, D700. So you have to choose which one. I don't know.
4: It just gave me like the top of the line, waste fast. Like, you know, sixty-four actually, gigs of RAM. I don't know. It's whatever, how did you, you say know.
2: that? I'm going I'm to take a look at
1: that because I hear the D300s for a lot of what we do is, nah, it's okay. Especially if you've got multiple monitors. Scott! It could be a D500, D700 might be too much. You know what? We're having video issues. Ah, and you want 64 gigs of RAM.
2: You know what? Yeah, we've got yeah, a lot of mean, RAM. Or
1: it could be just
3: what Nick was saying before. Maybe it's a monitor firmware upgrade.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so you got to buy a new Mac monitor now. All right. Well, no, we'll, you just upgrade the fir- yeah, just upgrade
2: we'll, we'll tamble firmware. We'll table that. We'll talk to you guys about that afterwards. And you but, have a Mac um, monitor? Or <laughs> Dell
4: monitor? No, no. Two, two 27-inch Mac monitors.
2: So we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out what you get, what what you can get, Scott, and then you can let us know when you do make that. <laughs> hey, because I want to move on to the next topic that I want to talk about, and, and actually, you kind of um, you kind of mention it, and I, I was in a really good conversation with a friend of mine, and we were talking about um, some gear, and he wanted to buy some gear because so and so was using this gear, this piece of gear, and we started talking about endorsements, and and. Endorsements are a kind of a funny little thing, all right. And and I and I thought this was going to be a, a really good topic for the for the podcast because you know, <laughs> as Scott was saying, you know, I'm, I'm plugging um, output and I'm plugging you know the Cargo Cult guys. I plug all these people, and I I'm not an endorsee. I don't get anything from them. I always buy all my own gear. I always. Buy all my own stuff because I just think it gives me a more honest voice um, in in what I do. Um- but you got to realize that there's this whole subculture of endorses and endorsements in the music industry that has been around forever. That that you got to keep it all in perspective. I mean, guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's uh. not. Look, and I'm not anti-endorsey or anti. I'm not even anti the machine that it is. I mean, there's literally stories of some famous musicians that you see on a lot of different ads and a lot of different brands going down the aisles at Nam and specifically looking for en- endorsements. Uh, so-and-so would like to endorse your product, and then you're like, we don't need you to endorse our product. Well, I'm not you sure know. if it's okay to say it on the it podcast
0: and- or not, but there's a fine line between endorsees and just whores who will do yes. anything to get free stuff. I mean, there are plenty of people who endorse products that they actually already use, right. and a lot of times those people are endorsing products that they bought, you know, with no bias, and then just turned out to love them. So wanted a relationship with the company, and then there are yeah, the people who just walk through them saying, "Give me everything for free," and yeah. as I, if it's going to help the company.
2: Look, there's a, there's a I, I I wanted to bring this up because he was so gun ho about you know this particular microphone thing that he wanted to get, and I'm not going to say anything, but. Odds are that this person did not actually use that microphone, <laughs> you know, and that was not their go to, go to mic. And, and and and
0: no, it's because when they got that mic, it had cash wrapped around
2: it. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like these guys, when you when you read uh, a website, when you look at you know what people are using and who's endorsing and who's doing what, there's a couple things you, you gotta you gotta know. First of all, most pros use quality stuff, okay? They're a pro. They can afford it. They're going to bring quality stuff. So a lot of times when you see a pro being smothered all over any advertisement or any banner or any magazine and it's less than what you would consider a pro product, there's a good chance there was a lot of cash tied to that and sure, they may have used it but it's not necessarily their main well, wait, main wait. I've never heard yeah. of, of any cash change. Yeah, I don't know cash either. I mean, yeah. it's,
1: What I find a lot of times, I mean, unless you're a big artist or something, That's what I, but I, what I notice though is, you know, on one hand you say, yeah, they make a lot of money, they can afford it. Here's the thing. How many 1176 Poltex LA-2As, everybody's got a different version of it. And I know, look, I, 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 I probably am one of those people. But what I find hardware is- Hardware little- or
3: software are you talking about?
1: Software. software. Software, yeah. Software, right. I mean, I do some hardware too, but I think what happens is somebody says, hey, would you like to evaluate and give us, give us your thoughts on what we're doing? And a lot of times, you know, I've done stuff where I went, it's okay. And, you know, thanks, but no thanks. And sometimes you come across something that's like something special. And then you love it. And, and, and then you want to endorse it because it's a great product. And it's something that you like, you love, and and uh, and then you get wrapped into, you know, in the next one, could you put these features in? And then you start working with them on how to create a better product or an alternative product. And I think there's a lot more that can go into people endorsing and working with the companies. And some endorsements mean you get things for free. Some endorsements
2: mean you get it. At a discount. There but, are paid endorses though. There, oh, are. there
0: are. But the thing is, like, if your friend is interested in getting something that someone he respects uses, the thing I learned early on is what you see a pro using in an ad is pretty much meaningless. But see that same pro on tour or watch them working in the studio or see, like, if they're giving a tutorial video on YouTube or something, see what gear they're actually really using. That kind of endorsement speaks volumes because it's what they're actually choosing to use. What you see somebody using in an ad is it can't be trusted a lot of the time. Not always, but a lot
2: of the time. Yeah, I'm just saying that. That's that's exactly my point. It's like you need to be aware that you know these a lot of these endorses and a lot of endorsements. There's there's stuff you know. A lot of it's mutually beneficial, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not anti-endorsing. Oh, it can you know?
0: be a good relationship. It can
2: actually be a great relationship. And then there's some companies that don't, you know, don't do endorsements per se. But then there's a lot of people that um, will say stuff. About the company, and then they'll put that on ads and things like that. But they don't have an, any official endorsements. When I was touring, um, when a drummer was endorsed by a particular um, drum manufacturer or a drum head, you know, all I had to do is call up, and we'd get whatever we needed for the tour. They would just you know provide it for free. Um, you know, there's that kind of working relationship. Same with strings. Strings are the same way. Most touring guitar players never buy their own strings. You know, they they get or um,
3: don't even know because a tech. Yeah. I it all. yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly. You know, it, it, it's it's just ah, you, you just got to take it with a with a grain of salt. But there but there are some guys that are just shameless in their endorsements. Yeah, but
3: you know what I've always found coming from the other end of it, uh, when people ask me to endorse something, and it happens a lot, I prefer not to most of the time, and I'll tell you why. Um, if it's hardware, for instance, if the, the software is easy because you just download it, no problem. But if it's hardware, a lot of times you want to go buy something or you want something. from, And if you have to buy it at a discount, for instance, you're in the back of the line. It's faster to, to just go to Guitar Center or someplace and, and and get it and have it that day rather than wait for it shipped in, wait until they they... Get a something that's B stock or whatever the case, and right. I've always found that it wasn't worth the effort most of the time. wasn't wasn't worth it to me.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely there's <laughs> you're not the first to say that. I I know some people that have bought stuff faster and actually cheaper than the artist. Yeah. 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 Right. We know, we know, know (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, it's, it's a crazy, crazy, I don't know. It's just a crazy little game that, that, that is out there in the music industry and, and, and Dorsey's and, and sometimes like, I'll tell you a good example. For instance, um, uh, Larry over at Wireworld, you know, he sent me some cables and mm-hmm. let me tell you, those, they were phenomenal. That was like eye-opening just to hear what quality cables can do. And, and that's why I talk them up and down because it's, it's really, it's really awesome. Um. You know, and, and so sometimes you, when you get in that type of relationship, I think that's similar to what Scott was talking about, where you, you work together with a company, you work together with a manufacturer, and it's kind of a, a nice symbiotic relationship. But, um, I don't know. All that to say is just be aware when you're spending big money, especially on big stuff, you know, when you get signature basses and signature guitars and things like that, it's just, you know, just evaluate it like you would evaluate any other piece of gear.
4: Well, I think I, you know, you brought up, Something there that was interesting. Sort of the rest of this conversation has been about artists using the products that they're sort of given by companies, but then you can turn it the other way and you can have, uh, you know, Getty Lee working with Fender to be able to create the Getty Lee signature jazz bass, which is, you know, within two microns of the bass that he actually plays. And you know, obviously, he's making money off of you know the sales of this base, But there's something nice about that as well because if you're the world's biggest Rush fan, like like Rob, like over I here, am, yeah, like <laughs> Rob over here. Um, and Why do you
0: think I'm flying out of the country? I hear they're playing in. Uh, nah, I can't even. I can't even pretend.
4: <laughs> can't even go there <laughs> even go Considering out. the fact that I saw them perform for the last time last summer, I don't think that. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? They're yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Boo. They're done touring anyway. Yeah, they're right. done touring. Um, but but the point being, there's something actually really nice. About that, because if you were the world's biggest Rush nerd and you want to be able to play the bass and just do some hero worship and just do some, you know, fantasizing that you're Getty for a minute and the ability that you can go out and buy a bass and say, "Oh my God, this is exactly what it feels like when Getty plays his bass." I think that's actually something that's really kind of nice. Well, you know, I've bought like I've got two John PenaTucci
1: guitars. I really like them. I don't get it because I want something John PenaTucci, but I kind of went, okay, I really like his guitar playing and. And I've checked out all the Ernie Ball guitars and I went, you know what? Like the Majesty. It's a really nice guitar and it plays well. Does it get my attention? Sure. Do I buy it because I want to? It's too expensive to fantasize to be, you know. And I, in reality <laughs> I can't play as good as you can. But, you know, but, but I, I think it does add a, a quick look, you know, with a Steve Morris or Lukather or something. You go, oh, I like his sound. Then you listen to it and you go, wow. And then you decide, uh, is it really play as well as I thought or, you know. <laughs> Honestly, maybe the sound
4: was in his fingertips all along. Oh, always. Damn it's, it.
1: Look, it's always the player, <laughs> you know. But but I will say, though, like I saw it because, again, I had the the Majesty and and they said the Majesty is not another John Petrucci guitar. It's a different guitar. And I went, yeah, okay, sure. Let me try it. And I started playing it and my fingers were able to do things that the other one – it was harder to do. See, it
3: was John Petatushi's
1: magic that was in it. We're <laughs> 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 magic. I felt that tingle. And as being Berkeley Brothers, I felt like, you know.
2: You know what's amazing when it comes to all this endorsements and things like that? Like on Amazon now, if you're a reviewer and you do a lot of reviews, manufacturers will send you free gear. Oh, yeah. Like, not just music you're like free whatever for you to do a review on. And okay, but, but
3: here's the other thing. Pros don't have time to screw around with that stuff. I know I, I get pissed when people send me stuff and, and want me to test it. It's like, I, I don't have time for that stuff. I don't know about you guys, but I,
0: it's just like, I want to get anymore. to work. I don't want to yeah. do any of that. Yeah, my feeling about that has changed because years ago, I used to be like, send me everything I want to play with everything I need to know everything and now it's right. like you know what I need to get some work done
4: yeah yeah I think what happens I, so I used to record or I used to write reviews all the time for electronic musician magazine and mix. Um, And so what would happen would be that I would get this gear. um, And then always at the end of the review, I had the opportunity to purchase it at a, you know, significant artist discount and, you know, same thing in the beginning I did. And I have some really wonderful pieces of equipment that have, you know, sort of made the cut over time that I still own, but uh, you know, I don't do it anymore and I don't, I don't need to. The gear, you know, it's the same thing. I have picked the gear that I absolutely love. Those are the choices that I make. And now, like, if I make a change of something, like changing from Pro Tools to Cubase, you know, that's a, you know, that's a once in a five years kind of kind did of. Did you change? I, did I you did change for good? Completely. Yeah, and totally. We, you did. I am using Cubase and Reaper pretty much exclusively now, and we can wow. we can get into that in a little bit. It's pretty But it, interesting. you
1: know, when you talking about reviews, and I know everybody here has probably done reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I always reviews. So I was like, "Yeah, it's a pretty good product," you know. I remember I did—I I, well, no names mentioned, but I remember I did one product, and it, it was really bad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I kind of went,
1: "Oh shit, <laughs> got, how do I review this?" <laughs> and then you know, you see—you know when you start seeing reviews saying it's not bad for the money. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 We
0: read between the lines. We just the code, code, code word
1: for don't buy it.
0: Well, yeah, faint praise. Like I've heard worse.
1: And I remember, I remember, and no names, but it was a microphone and it had noise on it and it wasn't. And I just remember going back to the publisher going, uh, how how do I do this? It's not very good. And I I remember, I think that, I don't think they ever ran it because I did it and I just, you know.
2: That's funny.
0: I can honestly say I've never written a review in my life. Oh, really? Everything. I've returned gear. I didn't think was good but i've never Well, you and it. i though you i'd know, be really mean,
1: I, I, mean <laughs> yeah. I mean rob and i go way back but you know like, you know when i hear people like trying to get endorsements for a 79 dollar plug-in yeah right yeah, know, yeah. yeah. or like, even what's a 300 dollar plug-in you're like just buy the damn thing yeah. well, but you know it got to the point because rob when rob and i started outboard gear was fifteen thousand dollars, yeah five thousand dollars ten so, thousand dollars different and, at that yeah. point yeah so at right. that point we were kind of like okay if it's a th- five hundred to a thousand dollars, we we'll just go buy it. But if it's fifteen thousand dollars, yeah, that's not. A new yeah, purchase yeah. My middle name is H.O., You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of like. But then you sit there and you, you say, "Hey, is it good?" And then when you find out it's good, let us create presets. Let us work with you yeah. because it's a lot of money, and you could spend a hundred grand in a blink, and for most working people, a hundred grand is a lot of money. Well, especially in the current music industry. I mean, twenty
0: years ago. Budgets were more in line with that. You could have $15,000 outboard gear. You don't see a lot of $15,000 outboard gear anymore. Yeah. Or any outboard gear. Or any outboard <laughs> gear. Yeah, good point. <laughs> That's
2: so true. That
1: i so still got
2: mine. Yeah, it I'm still using And you know what? There's still That's some. Look, look, a good mic pre, you know, you, you just can't.
3: There, yeah, mic pre
0: but but yeah. what else? I've got Rex and Rex of reverbs. And yeah. I have to
1: admit, I, I still love my Eventides. Because one of the great things, like I got an H8000. And one of the most amazing things about an H8000 is you close your eyes, spin the wheel, you hit load, <laughs> and You're gonna go get something on. cool going to come
2: up. I agree. Oh, it's really awesome for that. I'll, I'll tell you, you can't beat a really great Analog EQ. I mean, there's something oh. about about the high end on the 560 that a plugin, the plugins just haven't matched on an API 560. Have you
1: played with the Mag you know? plugin, the M A A G plugin. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. That's awesome. You,
3: you know, I interviewed the guy on my podcast, uh, uh, Cliff Mag, and, and I had dinner with him at Nam. Awesome, awesome. And if you're familiar with the Mag, it has weird frequency selections like the, there's one frequency the, the mid range it's like 560 or something which is an odd place for it yeah. and then it has the air band and so, the air band is amazing and I said so what's with the air band what's the big deal and he said you know it all started back he says when I first started I didn't have anything I didn't have any kind of cool gear and then the first time I heard a C12, I thought, wow, this sounds great. And he said, yeah. from that point on, I tried to duplicate that sound once I heard it. So he, get, he put this EQ together that has the frequencies that he felt a C12, wow. uh, to make that C12 happen. And it just so happened that they fall in range within his circuitry where it's, there's no phase shift as well hmm. on it. So I said, okay, air band, it goes up to 40K. Who is going to use 40K? He says you know what it is? It's he said it's catching just the bottom of the shelf. You know, so in other words, it's it it's shelving at the high frequency of the shelf. He says, it's just picking up the very bottom. And there's something magical about that that you know you kind of feel
1: at 40k. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, we, would, I, yeah. we would do in post and a lot of times in post where think things can be very strident very easily because they're non fundamental. Yeah. And we said we need to brighten something up, and I'm like, oh god, you know, 5K, we're going to get stenous. Yeah. It's going to. Do- and we tried the Maggie EQ. I was working with Andy Coriama, and also we just added a little love to it. Uh, and yeah. you go in, I don't know why it should be getting sizzly but and it, but it right. All those yes, things, right. and it just added a little something going on. I hey, found the
4: same thing with the Massenberg EQ in you know the Pro Tools Massenberg EQ plugin yeah. years yeah. and years ago. I loved the fact that you could. Boost with high end rather than cutting, and it would actually add something to it. I don't know where that. But again, low phase shift. Yeah, yeah. It was. That's way you look at the
1: isotope it. stuff. You look at the Fab yeah. filter stuff. I mean, and look, this
4: stuff's like crazy good look, for,
1: you know. Who uses I've, Fab uh, filter as as part of? Oh, that, like, I do. Every day. I do. It's, it's a standard now.
2: It's, yeah, it's great. Hey, look, and I'm not anti-plugging. I'm just saying, you know, there's still room for have a little bit, you know, one or two pieces here or there, whatever you want to do. Hey, we're going to take a break um, right now. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple other things. And uh, I will not bash the iPad anymore. See you on the other side.
0: Listening to the Audio NowCast sponsored by API and West
4: Wave Audio. Have a question for the panel? Would you like to be a guest on the Audio Nowcast and live in the LA area? Email us at
0: audio at NowcastNetwork.com.
2: Hey, welcome back to the Audio Nowcast. You know, I really miss when you used to. Like, I was jump about in there. <laughs> to, do it. I thought about it. Hey, welcome back to the Audio Nowcast. You want to do it together?
0: Uh, One, two, two three. three. Hey, welcome back. back to the Audio Nowcast. Before the break, we were talking about some crap. I don't remember what it was. But.
4: <laughs>
0: now we're going to talk about some new crap.
2: And here's Mike. Wow, it is loose tonight. <laughs> uh, yes, before the before the break, we were talking about uh, what iPad were we talking about? Plugins, oh yeah, plugins, all kinds endorsements, of stuff. endorsements, endorsements, and actually some of the stories, Endorphins. some of the stories during the break <laughs> were actually kind of fun. That there's no way on this planet we'll ever tell them on, no. <laughs> on Mike mic, but yeah, just know we know who you are. Um, hey, I wanted to move on, uh, and I wanted to talk a couple things. One thing I wanted to ask you guys about is uh, just really quick, um, give me a couple fast tips on taking a mono sound and making it wide or taking uh, even, uh take a, two of them i'm interested in okay. seeing i mean yeah. i know what i would do but i i want to i want to kind of just see some Why? some tips and uh Why? on adding some width to some mono sounds what do you do do you ever Why? do that
1: binaural I don't know why.
2: Not even binaural. If you just wanted to, let's say you had a really cool Take mono, a mono sound, to sound make it stereo, oh, oh, in music say. we do it a lot. Yeah, like especially vocals. Vocals,
0: vocals are I mean, huge or even know? a guitar like yeah, we do
1: that. I'm so busy taking like five ones trying to make it like stereo or mono or
0: No, it's the opposite problem. I mean, we used to use that what's the waves one? It has like a vertical squiggle line it. Yeah. it's like the stereo S1. Enhancer. Yes, Is that what it's yeah, that was called. That was actually pretty cool because by frequency range you could split things left and right, and that was a way to take a vocal or a guitar or some instrument and kind of give it a slight stereo thing. I mean, the old tricks of delaying
1: left and right still work, and pitching, um, you know, the micro yeah, pitching yeah, micro the 3, the other. chorus, chorus, chorus
4: flanger. Yeah. There was a there was a tool, there was a piece of hardware like thirty years ago called the Spatializer. Yeah, Didn't yeah, you yeah, yeah. You guys play with that? I, think I still have one.
2: I'll, I'll give you the the I best way to do it if you actually. have a studio. What what is it?
3: Okay, if you, if you have a studio, you put two mics out in the room on different surfaces. Yeah. So, in other words, you put it against glass, and you put it against mm. wood, or wood and and whatever. Shoot the signal out into the room, and collect, and capture the bounce off the wall,
2: and bring it back. And it's very very interesting. That's cool. That's a great idea. That's a great... You know what? You could probably even do it in your house if you, you just could. wanted to Yeah, sure. It doesn't matter as long as you can capture some, some bounce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and is it the uh, time delay that's going to give you that spread, or Is it just the surface, just the reaction? Both. The sur- it's surface? both, actually. It's all and, the early
0: reflections. And yeah. and
3: I used to do this when um, I was doing a lot of surround sound. And a lot of times we had to... You know, we had an awful source, and sometimes even a mono source, we had to make 5 1, and that was kind of one of the ways I would do it. Interesting. Yeah. It wasn't true, you know, whatever, well, you but it gave you the feeling that at least of spaciousness without having to resort to a reverb or anything
1: like that. Well, I, you know, it's funny because I was, A, because I'm doing VR and, and, and other stuff. You know, stereo is an interesting thing because stereo, you know, the people here, I, I kind of think when we hear, we're actually hearing in, in spatialized mono. And what I mean by that is it's kind of like XY. It's very tight. Things aren't very wide. Things are sure. – now, in speakers, we, we produce something bigger and wider. But when we hear, it's actually ver- almost from a single point, single point source. And we have a left and a right, but everything is kind of big mono. So the question is how do you make things more fun? Like when I mix orchestras and music. I try to make it spread out. Do I want it to sound like I was in the audience in an orchestra? No, that's boring. I want to make it sound bigger, wider, more detailed. And, and I think it, 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 you know, by adding more spatial. But not only that, it, it depends on, because you've got multiple uh, uh, sound sources. Mm-hmm. When you listen to a, in uh, acoustically, if you listen to a crowd of people, it's just a big wash. But what I might do is I might put separate monos on left, center, right. You would never hear that way because they're not separate monos. But all of a sudden, what's happening in the left speaker is totally different than what's happening in the right speaker. Hmm. What's interesting is if you hear it that way, you never hear that way because you're left and right, the only differences are delays. So you hear the spatialness, you hear the positioning, but you don't hear wide.
3: Oh, well, the other thing, speaking of which, is, is a Haas effect delay. Yeah. Uh, really easy.
2: What's the Haas effect delay?
3: Anything less than 30 milliseconds? Yeah. 40, yeah, exactly. then some textbooks say it's 40, but a real short delay yeah. and, and, you know, Panem? It fuses
4: together below that threshold you, and you, you don't think hear it's the a single sound. Yeah, you don't yeah. hear the repeat. Um, c- a couple of things. So I've a million times, Scott, uh, when I had a mono. Uh, ambient source and I yep. need to make something for video games yep. you know let's say I had a minute of it yep. I would cut it in half at 30 seconds take one piece put it left, left one right, piece right, put it, right. it right and it's a beautiful way mm. to turn mono into stereo that's good um, and then the other thing that I do that I ha- I do have one magical tool which is the uh, mid side width control on my Neve 8816 which mm. I, it's just the bomb I don't yeah, know you what you know that we used to does, do 424's on
1: that Dolby mm-hmm. yeah you're looking at the phase relationships Yeah, and you know here's mono here's stereo Yeah,
2: and what's different between left? Yeah, absolutely. I the reason one of the reasons why is because I'm really curious with some of the VR stuff that I'm working on. I did the the mono VR mono VO. You know, sounds like it's coming from the middle of your head as you're taking through. But now I'm thinking, man, there's some really good. uh, I'd love to try some taking the voiceover, making it a little wider, um, so it's it's bigger than just this this mono voice of God. It's like just something cool, just something cooler with it because I just think it's it's an area where you can kind of have some fun and kind of... Do a Haas just... delay.
3: Haas delay is awesome what it does. Yeah. And actually, even better, instead of using one delay, use stereo, split it left and right and let's just say the left is 10 milliseconds make the right one 15 or 20 right. and, and you'd be shocked how cool that is and how wide it is. And, and it doesn't sound it, it just sounds... You know, bigger than it was before. I, I used
1: to do that when I first
3: started with an AMS.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I used right. to. A little micro pitch, little delay, yeah. and it, it widens up. Yeah. But you know what's interesting is, as you talked about uh, binaural and stuff like that, I think the big key is it's so easy to play with all the cool flashy toys, but the whole point is it's all colors. If you don't have a good white and a good black, nothing contrasts against it. So what I, what I always do is I always try to find something, an anchor, Something that's going to be dry, mono, bam, and everything spreads from there. Because if you don't, then everything's washing, everything's big, and there's no way to contrast one sound against another. So it's all about, and I, you know, that's why I've
2: seen a lot of VR stuff, and I hate it. The people I, have done. I am so with you, though, as far as there's a lot of VR that's that that is. It's smudgy. It's all phasey. It's all all wide and it's like and smudgy. But see, I find that sound effects in VR a little bit like we talked last year. You know, you're going for that mono effect because you want these people to turn. You know, and you want these people. That's my on this other project I'm working on. It's like okay, I've I've got that kind of nailed. I just want to do something interesting with the. With the voice, you know, and so that's why I, that was one of the things. That's
4: that, that's not how the world works. This has always bugged me about doing audio in surround for video games. And I'm Scott. I'm sure you're. You prob- I'm sure you feel the same way. If if I'm standing here and I and you know, I'm in the middle of a field and I hear a bird chirping off to my left, you know, and then I turn my head. You know, it, as you said, it's blurred, it's big mono. In video games, if you're sitting there with your joystick and there is a bird chirping to your left and you turn the joystick so that your virtual character moves 180 degrees, now the bird is hard right. And it's just not, that's not how the world is. And that right. sounds really and, and, fake to and me. And
1: that's where, you know, what I do, I do zones, position resistance zones. So, and I've had lots of discussions like, oh, well, we need the bee just to be mono because it says you turn your head. I'm like, no, it doesn't need to be that. Because all of a sudden, anything beyond a certain amount of feet is just out there. Yeah, It's not positional. Again, it's contrast. And when you talk about object-oriented sounds and how they're going to interact within it, and, but then there's also frequency differences based on distance and Z-plane and all, you know. My I, head hurts, I can, man.
2: I just wanted to make it a little wider, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's that's no. a long conversation for another podcast. I know. Friend, We can get seriously nerdy on that. <laughs> no,
2: but that's – no, it's interesting. I just wanted to – I wanted to kind of put it out there just to kind of see um, what you – you know, if you had – Bobby that was some great tips and just it may fail miserably I may hmm. do some of the stuff and like no it's just way too but here,
1: good. here's what like for all the listeners and all that here's the question I have and it's kind of the Holy Grail for reverb people yes we've got cathedrals we've got all the ancient studios that ever came in that everybody pined for I want to know who's got a good reverb for outside who's got a good reverb for spaces that are natural canyons and outside and and I've still yet to hear one that's convincing yeah. where you feel like, yeah, you're outside. I'm outside. And, and it's got to. And I'll do hundred percent through the reverb because there's a lot of, you know, frequency things going on, but it's like, yeah, I, I get the brick buildings and the toilets and all the bathrooms and all the things that you can see in the verb. And I did it through a tube. I want to know outside. How Does, do we do that?
4: There are no good outdoor reverbs in all No nope. and, and I
1: think that to anybody out there, the holy grail for everybody is a is a convincible outside I don't care if it's New York, I don't care if it's a canyon, I don't care if it's a desert or a forest of trees, to yet nobody's done one that I kinda go, yeah, that's it.
4: You know how we did it at Skywalker Sound?
1: you record somebody out in the forest.
4: We would take a speaker <laughs> and a power amp yeah. and a field recorder and take it take it out you know, onto the to ranch. To create an IR and, for it. Yeah, not but, even create an IR. Literally just record our con- our content oh, right. out of the yes. speaker and into microphones. We would just worldize it. Yes. And that sounded like it was outside.
1: Yeah, I, I did one for Coke years ago, uh, one of the big Coke commercials. We had an orchestra, and I did it actually. Uh, Rob, remember, I lived on the edge of a canyon, and I had a giant old... PV speaker that I used to have yeah. when I was a kid, and I took it and I positioned stereo mics and it was supposed to be like somebody playing cello on a subway and somebody playing it and I took the recordings and worldized it put it all together with the noise and it was great, and they went did you re-record people? I said, like, no, it's just your recordings that's yeah, great,
2: yeah The the problem with an outside reverb is is like you were saying, they don't sound like they're outside, they sound like they're – they sound very architectural yeah, and but, not natural. But
1: even somebody – like what I hate, and I hate it in video games. I hate it in movies. Somebody yells, hey, come here or go get em. Yeah, It's in a room and you play it outside. Yeah. And it sounds like somebody yelling in a room. So the question is how do you – I mean uh, Born in the Fourth. I saw – because I was young. and It was my early, one of my early movies. You, and I saw people in an 80 uh, – a Walla group. And they're all coming. Go other, you know, I'm just looking at it going, and, and how does this work? I'll tell you where you so, should record that at. Well we uh, went Roy Rogers Park because we got arrested. And um because we had all these people protesting and
2: running, and there's nothing better than going outside and doing wallet group that way. If you want an inside recording sound like it was recorded outside, the only place I know on this planet is George Massenberg's studio over at Blackbird. Um Blackbird Studios. It's I don't think he's there anymore, but he designed it. It's the one that has all those sticks. And I know yeah, you, yeah. I so the
3: diffusion room. The yeah. diffusion
2: room. The diffusion room is it sounds it sounds like you're outside. It sounds unlike anything you've ever heard.
1: You know what also good room? Uh it's uh I think Deluxe bought it. Uh it's the old Tadio Seward had two giant ADR stages that were like three stories tall on in the wow. inside. It was, it was it could have been dubbing stages. Yeah. And it was all acousticized and by the time reflections came back to get you, it just it just the the group in the ADR was amazing. Yeah, though. you gotta
2: kill those you gotta kill those reflections. And that's what that diffusion does. Man yeah. but you know what? It doesn't even kill it. It's it like it like softens it. It just it, it just gives it you just, a sound
1: where you don't feel like a room. It, it sounds like That's you're cool. outside.
2: It's it's kind of crazy, but all right. Well, hey, listen, that was a lot of information, and uh, I hope the VO is worthy of all this. But um, I just wanted some tips, and uh, I'm sure um, what you guys were uh, um said could help a lot of the listeners out there. And I'm looking at the time, and I I wanted to take a topic, but we're not going to be able to get into it. That's so. Like- we're going to have to do it next week. But I do want to – we do have a few minutes left that I wanted to um, – but I did want to talk to um, Nick um, because one thing that Nick did is uh, – and I find it really interesting, especially now that we're talking about gear and we're talking about moving on to different platforms and things like that. He just bought – actually, you just finished building you, – uh, you finished your PC, right? That, I
4: did. And it was really, really fun. And it was a very, um, it was a very interesting experiment. So, um, As I've said several times now, I've really gotten into Cubase, which has been fantastic, and I'm focused on writing uh, a lot of orchestral music now. And so at home, I wanted to be able to have a really nice orchestral sample playback system. Um, and there was no reason to do that on a Macintosh because, you know, I love Macs, but the hardware is really expensive. So I said, okay, what happens if I build myself a rocket ship PC that is completely oriented towards being a sample playback server. And so I went to Newegg.com and I bought. You know, a 4RU, uh, you know, PC that's a rack mountable PC server case. I bought, you know, a really nice Asus X99A motherboard for it. And I bought a really fast Intel chip for it. And I bought 64 gigabytes of really fast DDR4 RAM for it. And I bought, uh, several SSDs inside of it that are used to be able to run Windows and to be able to do my sample playback stuff. And I got some inexpensive three terabyte hard drives to be able to just use for data. And, you know, a bunch of fans and, you know, had some spare time and I built the whole thing. And it was such an incredibly enjoyable experience to do that. And once I got it done, I racked it up, uh, you know, installed Windows 7 Professional on it. Put Vienna Ensemble Pro on there and, uh, you know, loaded up contact and I've been moving all of my sample libraries over to it. And the thing that's so neat about VE Pro, if you're, you know, interested in doing this kind of thing is you have one thing on your computer that's your client and then you've got, you know, another version of it on the machine that's the sample server and it just, they plug into a gigabit ethernet uh, hub and it just works. It works perfectly. So I've managed to breathe a ton of new life into my old Mac Pro by running Cubase on it and being able to have all all of the samples being served back uh, from the PC. So the Mac is being used to run the DAW. It's being used to run reverbs and plugins. And you know, like if I were to want to use some sounds that are not part of my orchestral template, I would run those on the Mac. Um, but everything else, you know, this gargantuan or te- orchestral template that I'm in the middle of building um, is all serving off the PC. And with 64 a 64 gig machine with just an insane amount of power, cost me two thousand dollars. And I had all of the fun, you know, such as geek fun is anyway, of building the PC myself and really enjoying myself and learning about what, you know, current modern-day motherboards are like and all that. I had It was a great time. I had a wonderful experience with it.
2: Rob, would you ever go – would you ever – Put a new PC in your uh, in your studio? I mean, I was
0: actually just thinking <laughs> how many of those I've built like that. And I've probably yeah. built, between for me and Stevie, I've probably built at least 50. Wow. I I built Scott at least one or and two. And it's still
1: sitting at his. Yeah. It, well, <laughs> one of them is
0: you brought it back and never picked it up. Because, yeah, I wanted to modify it. And, <laughs> yeah. Wait. I we have a computer. Over you, your yeah, place. I have one of Martin's also, so I'm also the graveyard for other people's computers. Because <laughs> I one person,
1: hey, can you upgrade this? And then he had the, the thing uh, which the is house. why I'm,
0: yeah, my place looks like the back room of a Best Buy. But yeah, I think I probably I built at least fifty. Yeah, uh, like you're talking about, and I always found it fun. I mean, if it's been more than a month since the previous one you built, all the technology has changed. Right. You know, ASUS motherboards and stuff. I remember there was a motherboard called the P4C. 33E or something, I built like a dozen at the same time because everybody wanted them at at that point. And I think, Scott, the one I built for you was that. I built a bunch for me out of that, Stevie out of that. But I mean, I used to enjoy it right up until it came time to deal with Windows problems. Hmm. And I used to spend half my life or more just troubleshooting stuff because we were always trying to use the latest greatest, and there would always be some incompatibility with a video card or with some driver or with some audio interface or whatever. And it definitely felt like frontier times, and it was experimental and it was fun. But I don't know. In the last, when did I start migrating over to Mac? It's got to be 10, 15 I don't years miss those ago already. Because you're like, I'm up, and now I'm not. I just don't well, miss the science experiments anymore. And, and, and I mean, it, in the Wayframe days, we were experimenting with like different network yeah. cards and yeah. topologies, and but it was just. I,
2: but I think nowadays, though, that, you things know, are, I a, I a, are, are I have, I they are, they
0: are. the thing is, though, nothing runs Windows better than a Mac. And the Mac also can be a Mac, yeah. and I realize it's more money. But in the heat of battle of a session or a project, yeah. I've never regretted the extra power and the and the flexibility and everything.
2: Well, that's true, man. You run boot camp and you run uh, window, Windows on Mac, and it, it's a pretty good, pretty good uh, experience.
0: And I did used to enjoy building it myself, but I think I just got it out of my system. I've done mm-hmm. it just too much. I,
2: having said that, though, I bought an ASUS. Um, Laptop and it was like a grand. That <laughs> thing's pretty powerful. It yeah, was nice. already built, rather than building it. <laughs> no, no yeah, no. It was and Windows Asus was, is a great company. Asus a, yeah, and, yeah, been around and, forever. And Windows runs great, and the music programs that I run off of it. Are, I mean, that's or where you want to run Fruity Loops. You want to run Fruity Loops on on a Windows, even though that. I mean, have you were Mac talking Mac version, about your, your
1: tablet at the uh, your iPad at the beginning. Yeah. And I remember we were looking for my son, and and it's been a while since I've looked to PCs because I'm mostly a Mac guy. And I'm looking at these PCs. You disconnect the the screen from it. You can turn it all the way around. You can,
4: and it's like a thousand bucks. You know, rather than three thousand bucks. And that's that's the thing. I mean, in this particular case, the reason I wanted to build it was because I had a very specific purpose for this PC. I wanted it to be rack mount. Yeah, for turnkey, it's good. It was great. I wanted something that had tons of memory and i couldn't care less about the graphics card and so i was able to take the money that would be in a you know a nice gaming graphics card and bought last year's gaming graphics card which was still prepostero- preposterously better than anything i would need and i was able to use all of that money and put it into really really fast ssd cards and uh, and ram and that's awesome well
2: so basically what we're saying at the end of this whole podcast is it all points to get yourself a pc Well, I'll say this. Uh, (laughs) You you know what?
0: Even uh, the reason I bought the iPad Pro is I'm developing some software for it. But the truth is, most of the end users are going to be running it on the equivalent Surface. I think there's like a 399 Surface that's also 12.9 inches. And because it's web-based stuff, the Surface is going to look good. So uh, a lot of times you know there's the there's the ultimate tool that you might use for yourself but there's also the real world reality of there are options that may cost a quarter as much right. that are fine yeah you know and that last you know Two percent of better is not worth seventy five percent of the price. A lot of times.
2: Well, I just find it interesting, you know, as we move forward, and we're going to be wrapping up the podcast, and we've had a really great. This was fun. I love talking tech. I love talking tech with you it's guys. It's like the too. Oscars. Is it four and a half hours. Now? <laughs> no, this will be short. It's like the te- tech Oscars,
0: and <laughs> that no one's watching or listening.
2: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I did feel that Mad Max did a great job in uh, in the sound editing and sound mixing. No Mark you know. did yeah. I mean, uh, that was, was that was wonderful. phenomenal. I mean everybody was going, it's gonna be Star Wars, Star Wars. I'm like, no. It, Mad Max, especially if people know no, that, we've talked
0: know. about Star Wars. It was yeah, okay. It, started. it
2: was <laughs> okay. I mean it it was Star Wars, but it was not Mad Max was just amazing. Those car sounds and the uh, the whole thing. Anyhow. Um But it was fun talking tech. It's interesting. It's interesting as we move on. Like our next podcast, not our next one, but the one after that, which will be our 10 years, our 10-year show. It's really interesting to see where technology is now as compared to that. I've been listening to some of the old episodes for this thing I'm working on. And it's just – It's amazing. I mean, right now, you have your choice between making music on your phone, making music on a little magazine-sized tablet, making music on a bigger tablet or on your laptop. I mean, I would venture to guess most people that are listening to this podcast are probably working on something portable and mobile. You know, you still have the home systems, and but but more and more, you know, it's 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 just a whole different ball game out there, and uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next ten years. Well, the difference is, is,
1: when we started, a four or eight track cassette tape, low hmm. port porta studio, yeah. Well, and, and now you get software that's a laptop, and you're getting vintage sounding LA two ways and eleven seventy sixes and things that used to be millions of dollars. Is like nine ninety nine and three ninety nine and I know and seventy nine and all these. I mean everything. It's like a thousand dollars. Pretty much got you what a million dollars got you. You can buy you know
2: you can buy a convolution reverb for your iPad for like seven bucks. You know
1: <laughs> we're built like I'm building I'm building right now ten more rooms and twenty five to sixty thousand dollars. which Sounds like a lot of money is the equivalent of millions of dollars what it used to be. Yeah. And
2: and it's amazing on what you can get oh. for, for that price tag. Well, that's a great place to end this. So uh, just, you know, ultimately it comes down to what you do on the machines. So whatever you're going to do, whichever direction you're going to go, whether it's an iPad, iPad Pro, laptop, Windows, Mac, you know, just – Do something fun, make something creative, and then share it with us, you know? And uh, it'll be kind of cool to see what happens. All right, before we go, Rob, you working on anything you can talk about? No, this is one of those times when I'm not really. I'm getting ready
0: to travel. Like I said, my flight was delayed nine hours, Sorry. so I'm not traveling as soon as I thought I would.
2: Hey, what's your what's your travel kit, really quick? Just what do you what do you take? Because I know it's going to be a long. It's going to be oh, a it's long. Hilarious! I'm fun to He's be behind in the security line. Three bags that
1: weigh about 200 pounds. No, go. I have two bags that add up to
0: about 150. But no, I now carry three MacBook Pros, the iPad Pro, a regular iPad, uh, the iPhone, a Samsung phone, 20 hard drives, about 20 different cables of different types. Uh, and this is
2: all carry great. on. This and, is all carry and, and on. And
0: he's got this in the smoke Because he goes. Oh wait. He goes lift this. Oh, but that's and a that's and a machine what? a machine micro <laughs> and an Apogee Duet and an and a, an uh, Apollo uh, Twin oh, Duo. God.
2: That just hurts my shoulders just <laughs> listening to this.
0: And the Eye Connectivity MIDI interface. Wow. And the uh, teenage engineering little keyboard. <laughs> And some underwear and socks, and that's it. (laughs) And yet you still get bored on an airplane. Well, (laughs) no, I never get bored on an airplane. I will say, I do have it down to this amazing quick ballet. I need eight of the security bins. Actually, now it's nine, because I added the iPad Pro. So that's going to be nine security bins. So I'll be doing this dance at 4 a.m. tomorrow morning, uh, because there's no TSA pre on international. So nine security bins, and I just deal out these laptops like playing cards.
2: Wow. But I've got it down to a science
0: at this point. I've actually had people high-five me in the security line because they get behind me and they think I'm going to be a nightmare because I have so much stuff. But I'm through faster than
4: like a single person with no stuff. Wow. Of course, the the big thing about it with all of those computers and stuff, Rob always gets the ladies. Right? <laughs> That's right.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, Chicks dig a guy who carries way too much gear around yeah uh,
4: uh, but boy
1: those biceps that's true. yeah.
0: well it is a workout I've dragged that 150 pounds of carry on through every major city on this planet works for me alright so
4: to yeah self. That's, that's my carry get in front of Rob at this yeah case. yeah <laughs> Nick, how about you? You working on anything you talk about? Yeah, I just did something really cool, and I'm almost never allowed to talk about Disney stuff, but this I am. I was lucky enough to just do a remix of a Giorgio Moroder track for the Neutron video game. <gasps> oh, nice! And that was fun. Nice. That was fun. I focused so much on jazz and on you know classical and that kind of thing and right. rock. To actually be able to sit down and you know flex my uh, my remix chops and be able to create a new piece of uh, electronic music along those lines was a lot of fun, and the greatest part was, you know, seeing the expression on the faces of everybody who had new I- no idea that I knew how to do that kind of stuff, too. <laughs> so it was, I mean, to be able to work on a Giorgio Moroder track, it was great. That was great. It was great. super fun. It
2: was super fun. Scott, how about you? Or can you not talk about anything right now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, 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 I'm incredibly busy. Um, I've got a new home. I guess I can publicize at this point. Um, I am at Technicolor now. Nice. So I've, I'm building a brand new studio in Burbank. And uh, while that's happening, I'm housed over at Paramount Studios. Wow. And, uh, and I have, I still, even when I move to Burbank, I'll still have an office and actually a second studio at Paramount. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how many studios I can have. So I can
2: just go to different parts of town and... Set up and you know. Do you ever just walk play? through the through the back lot in Paramount? Like go up Michael Bay Lane to oh, it was uh,
1: it, it was no, it's great Uh today. I was it, it's you know uh, most of my career have not been on lots. Right. I've been on lots when I'm mixing, right. but not day to day. And it's great, and I have to admit, I, I absolutely love it on a level because. I'm sitting there, and all these actors. I, I I'm, oh my god, that's so and so, and they're just walking by in costume on the way to one of the sound stages, and and there's a vivaciousness, and there's people building things, there's costume people, there's makeup people, there's drivers zipping everybody around. It's like this little city yeah. of entertainment people, and you're like, oh my god, I didn't know they did the show here, you know, and it's kind of fun, and
2: uh, I'm I'm getting a real, you know. That's a, that's a great lot. Paramount is a great, yeah. like, feel like a movie yeah. lot. It's like if you were going to invent a movie lot, it would be the way Paramount is, yeah. you know? And it's funny because then at lunch, what you do is instead of walking through the city, you take a walk around the
1: perimeter of the lot just because you get some exercise. It's a beautiful day in LA. It's, what, 89 degrees and it's February, March? Yeah. And, um,. And it's just wonderful, and it's just it's a real, you know, it's it's novel
2: and it's fun. Nice, nice, fabio How about you? I can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote four more books while right. we were sitting here doing the podcast. <laughs> he sneezed, he sneezed the book
3: out. Uh, well, yeah, I do have. Uh, let's see, a second edition of the um, drumming handbook is coming out. The drum. Gee, I, I don't even remember what the name is. The Drum, drum Engineer's Handbook? Something like that. The, <laughs> the, the fourth edition or fifth edition of <laughs> Music 4.0 is about to come out. And the second edition of the Music Producer's Handbook. Wow. I, nice. I finished them all recently, so they're about to come out. And I'm doing more online courses. There's a, a number of them that I'm working on that are coming out. and I just released the um, lead and vocal mixing tricks recently. So we, yeah, it's a busy time. It's good.
2: Great. Yeah. That's How about you? Awesome. Um, well, that VR project that I couldn't talk about last time, I can talk about now. It was for Carnival Cruise Lines, uh, and it's it, it's in the uh, I think in all the AT and stores. If you pick up the Samsung Gear, it's one of the demos that's in there. So that was that's kind of fun. I'm working on another VR project. Um, VR is just fun. It's just whole new way of working and mixing, and, and I'm mixing on headphones, and I'm just creating stuff it's like wouldn't you agree that it's the wild west again right oh yeah it's, there's no Absolutely. there's no, rules, no standards no, no standards it's like so here we go again exactly do you want to put the vo over there yeah you want to do it you know and and you it really i mean it's for me it's taught me how to listen you know i, I go outside i find myself just sitting and just like Okay, this is cool. This is really this is neat. Just looking different perspectives and like what Scott was saying, you know, how a lot of times, you know, what you think is all this image stuff, it's not. It's really kinda like this mono just sound thing. So are you a virtual guy now? (laughs) I'm I'm hundred percent real, my friend. (laughs) But no. But the bigger question and we'll have to talk about this later on in another podcast, right? They're putting a lot of money and they're putting a lot of technology into the VR thing yeah. and whether or not VR is is, is going to be anything more than a fad. That's the thing. It's, it's not going to be a fad. No, no. look, you, you say that, right? Everybody says that. It's going to catch on in some way or another. But how big is it is? But it, until you start working with it and playing with it and using it, it's it's a very isolated experience. There's, it's not nearly as social as some. Uh, other wait, stuff. Wait, wait. I'm not it's, saying it's going to fail. Wait, wait, wait. The, thing I
1: got to add to that though is AR. I yeah. just spent uh, I just spent three. Wait, <sighs> I spent three hours with the Hololens yeah, today. Yeah. I, Holy see, shit! See, I think
2: I think that, and is, that's where
1: cool. I mean, I, I I saw things today that blew my mind. Yeah. Where and let's talk because we're audio and music, and that is a band sits in a room. In different cities of the world, yeah. and could play together because the virtually you could see them. Now, see that's the first time I've heard
3: uh, virtual collaboration really makes sense because, because so, VR, so many VR people have been working on it. Yes, but 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 just VR, the fact AR that you, you can, can finally sit and see the person you're playing with because yeah. there's so many people working on virtual collaboration audio only, and to me that never made a lot of sense. No, it still right. doesn't. But that does. That does what AR, you're about.
1: yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think, uh, and this is a conversation for another time. Yeah. But where I believe AR, it's not going to be video games, and it's not even going to be these weird little movies that we're all making. It's going to be social networking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's going to yeah. be, I know people want to see their kids. Yeah. The kids are at college. They want to be somewhere else. They want to date. You know, I mean, the days of the car, who cares? People are going to be able to see each other, talk to each other. And be, and and the form of communication that we've had that we grew up with
2: yeah. is ancient. Well, like I said, it's going to be interesting. We'll do this on an, on another podcast. But all I'm saying, my point was with the whole VR thing is it's. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be the home run. Is it gonna be a fast adaptation or is it gonna be a slow adaptation? It's gonna take a while curve, for
4: the hardware you know? to get cheap enough, fast enough, and light enough. And, yeah. and I'm looking work.
2: forward to I'm looking forward to whatever the killer app is gonna be. Because you know that's what it's gonna be. It takes one killer app and you can invent a technology. It begins with a P. Yes.
3: <laughs> it has
4: four letters. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> it took me a
0: little while but I Pong got- <laughs> Pong is coming
2: back you heard it here <laughs> All <right>. well, listen <laughs> that, that was awesome <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> this has been the, the best last five minutes of a podcast ever <laughs> well hey listen if you have any comments or questions or if you solve that riddle you <laughs> can <laughs> you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. That's audio at nowcastnetwork.com. And uh or you can uh reach us through the uh Facebook and um you know I wanna before I say goodbye, I wanna thank a lot of the listeners that have been with us for ten years. Mm-hmm. I mean there's consistent listeners that have been there for all 10 years and I get their emails and I see them on Facebook and I'm I, I, it just amazes me um, but uh, I want to thank you guys and, um,
0: and we got to give that shout out to
2: Joanne <laughs> Joanne
0: <laughs> <laughs> see Joanne you had to listen to the whole podcast but we got to
2: you alright well for myself and all the guys thanks for listening and we'll see you next time
4: Bye. see
0: Listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and West Wave Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and uses Apex's 230 Master Channel Voice Processor. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.